0: I'm so glad we called S-O-S, our AC is the coldest.
1: I'm always the coldest.
2: S-O-S to
3: rescue.
1: Hey, this is Dakota Crawford, ride receiver from Louisiana, now playing in Lincoln. When your AC isn't the coldest, you call S-O-S heating and cooling.
3: Their takes don't make commissions, so they give you an honest opinion, fair pricing, and longer warranties than a competition Guaranteed. Take it from Dakotas We'll keep you cool this summer hey
1: everybody welcome back to the college football uncensored podcast brought to you by saturday down south i'm your host tyler huck and with me as always my co-host um a friend of mine that i just like to visit mansions with <laughs> on the weekends chris marler her. chris <laughs> we have on? friday we did that, that really uh, turned into a pretty big night. I felt
0: there was a corgi. I don't know if you already brought that up. There was a corgi, that was the no. most important part for me. Um, it was awesome, I had a blast,
1: yeah. So, um, now that we're actually recording the pod here, uh, we were, t- if you haven't yet, you got to go come check out the live shows on YouTube. We uh, we chat a little bit before we actually start recording, so um come check us out but we were just discussing that Chris and I went to the Punt and po- uh, Punt and Pass podcast on Friday. They did a a live show. If you're not familiar, uh, that's Drew Butler who we just had on as our guest for the UGA preview. Uh him and now Jake Fromm have a podcast together. He From replaces Aaron Murray on the pod. And uh Chris and I went up there to go support Drew and and go check it out. We met some listeners up there. Um and then just things evolved and I was, I found myself out to dinner with Chris's girlfriend's parents. Uh, some of her friends, obviously Chris and, and Liz were there as well. Um, it was quite insane. And uh, yeah, we, it, it took a different turn. So Chris, you are muted. Um, it says your mic isn't connected. So, I'll keep riffing here. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was cool. Got to meet uh, Jake as well. Hopefully we'll have Jake on this this uh, season um, to, to preview or to recap some Georgia games. Jake's a really good dude. Um, I even heard Chris, I think, uh, at one time say he's never washing his right hand again after shaking Jake's um, hand. Have you, have you washed it?
0: It's very sticky, but no, I have not. Oh, that's strange. Long um, lollipop's a weirdo.
1: So yeah, so we had met some cool listeners, the people that told, tell, uh, tell us that they listen every week and really appreciate that. So hopefully you guys uh, can make it out to the live event, which is yeah. somehow already next Friday.
0: <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Not great. Uh, no, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, American Spirit Works Distillery, 7 to 9, show up at 630. Um, I'm pumped, man. Should be a lot of fun. So
1: yeah. Gonna be a good time, me Chris. Hopefully, producer Dan will be there as well. Um, we met some cool Georgia fans this week, so maybe uh, you know, maybe we'll get some A and M fans or some Arkansas fans out. Yeah, after, after the preview for that. Um, we've got some guests joining us a little bit later to preview Texas A and M and to preview Arkansas. Um, but there is actually news, like like you said, Chris. Um, first bit right. of news always makes me excited. Was the AP polls dropped today?
0: So you get excited for that?
1: Well, I think not necessarily to see the poll because I've got some interesting stats here about the poll, but it just means that, okay, like this is when I go to watch Georgia, Oregon, it's going to say number three, Georgia versus number 11, Oregon. And and now I know that. Right. And it just, it just makes me happy.
0: I mean, I don't disagree with that. Like people that say it doesn't matter. Let me tell you the number one reason why the, the preseason poll matters. Um, and this may not be a good thing. Auburn fans aren't going to like to hear this, but Uh-oh. we were talking about, this, talking about the, this this weekend. Remember the 2004 season where Auburn was left out of the national championship game. And yeah. it is one of the most talked about, um, I don't want to say like debated or uh, just hotly contested years of, uh, where the national championship, maybe there should have been a, I don't know, a split national title. I, I don't know. Auburn, I don't know what they started out ranked that year, but I do know that USC and Oklahoma started out one versus two and never lost. Auburn was never going to get in that game because of that. So, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm sure a lot of us see fans. probably like it's a bad thing with that example, but it's out. It does matter a little bit. Um, but needless to say, there's going to be a lot of like, you know, some people that are just egregious misses. Some people that we're sleeping on um, some people too high, some people too low. What, who'd you think was too high and too low? Um, so, I'm still uh, kind
1: of baffled that Miami's getting so much love. I mean, like they, I'm, I get that the recruiting is kind of taking off, and, and Crystal Ball is kind of getting the juice around the program. But like they still have the same same team from last year, who, which you not know, granted they right. have a good QB. Um, I don't, but I don't think they're necessarily going to be challenging like Clemson or anything. Um, I think they're probably maybe a year away, but we'll see. There are some people that are very high on them. Um, To me, Notre Dame, I mean, you're brand-new coaching staff. You got a new QB. um, I think they had an injury uh, at wide receiver that was pretty massive in camp. So I just don't know how Notre Dame would be better than five at the end of the year. Uh, So they're probably a little overranked. What about you?
0: I was a little bit surprised that – Oklahoma is nine. Just because of the fact that they lost their head coach, they lost, um, now they have a first year head coach. They're in a conference that I think it's probably not better top to bottom necessarily, but a little bit improved from the year before. Um, your main rival blew a almost 20 plus point lead to you last year. Probably won't happen again. And there's a lot of improvement for them. I mean, and you lost your best quarterback. I understand they had Dylan Gabriel. I just was kind of surprised by that. Uh, Let's see. Seven Gabriel.
1: And remember, Gabriel's been with Levy at UCF right. and put up big numbers under him. So, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you.
0: I just, seven count at 14 if you're going four and eight.
1: How about no Texas? I mean, I get it. Yeah, That's surprising. But, you know, everybody loves to put Texas in the AP poll. Um, couple stats here, LSU unranked in the AP Top 25 preseason poll for the first time since 2000, which wow. snaps a 21-year streak. Um, so now the current longest streaks, 34 for Ohio State, 34 straight AP preseason polls, 23 for Oklahoma, 21 Georgia, and 15 Alabama.
0: Wow, that's um, crazy.
1: Yeah, I saw another one. This one isn't as, as exciting, but it's the first time since 1974 that neither Florida or Florida State were preseason ranked in the top 25. Kind of like that. Um, something you might not like. Obviously, number one, Bama, uh, 54 total votes, almost unanimous. 16 of the last 18 AP preseason number one ranked teams failed to win the national title. Spat-o-me. Yeah,
0: not a huge fan of that. Um, but it makes sense, too.
1: Do you know um, the two teams that have done it in the last 18?
0: I think I do, actually. Um, in the last 18, it wasn't Bama
1: 2017. That is one. I'll give and you then, a hint, just a small on. hint. It was before that, like much before that.
0: Was it USC?
1: Yes, 2004. USC 2004. Correct. Boom. The yeah. only two teams hey. to overcome the number one jinx and win the title. So I, I found that pretty interesting. Um, also, you know, I'm surprised about Clemson being four. I mean, I I I get it because they have a ton of de- uh, a ton of talent on that defense and on offense. Yeah. Really, they just need the quarterback to step up. But they have two brand new coordinators. The quarterback was not good last year. Um, number four should be interesting.
0: Wait, what? For, for who? For Clemson. Oh, for oh, for Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason I had NC State in my head, and I was like, "That is the opposite of that." Yeah, DJ Ualungale was the bar set so low, you would think he would have to be better, but still.
1: All right, I got a couple questions for you. Okay. Every year for the past twenty years, except one, 2019, twenty nineteen, there's been at least one preseason top ten team that finished the season unranked. Last Mm -hmm. year, UNC, Texas A&M, and Iowa State all. Right. Which team out of this top 10 this year could you see being unranked at the end of the year?
0: Out of this top 10?
1: Yeah. Statistically, it will happen this year.
0: I would say something like... I mean, the easy choice here would be like Baylor if they lose to Texas and Oklahoma. Um, Utah, because they're already at seven. And if they end up losing to USC, um, that's, I mean, I don't think Clemson has enough, man.
1: You think it'll be unranked though? Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, unranked completely out of the top 10.
1: No top 10. So that the stat was every year for the past 20 years, at least one team out of the top 10 has been unranked at the end of the year.
0: That's crazy. Um, You know, it will definitely not fucking be Notre Dame. I mean, yeah, I guess like, like, I don't know enough about Baylor, um, but I'd say OU or
1: Baylor. Yeah, I could, I could also see, I don't know. Some people really like Michigan, but I could see Michigan. I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'd love to look at. RJ special. Young didn't have
0: them in their, uh, his top 25.
1: All right, here's another one. Since 2004, every national championship or every, every national champion was ranked among the AP preseason polls top seven. Except for two teams.
0: So Auburn in 2010. Yep. Fucking hate you. Um, In the preseason?
1: Preseason. It's so only two teams have won starting outside of the top seven since 2004. Auburn 2010 is one. Thank you. I feel like LSU
0: is sixth. Ah. Uh. I'm just going um, back here. Wouldn't have been Clemson. Be wouldn't have time. been Bama. Wait, would have been Clemson 2016?
1: I don't know who this is, Facebook user, but they are correct. Florida State 2013. Oh, wow. Started number 11 that year. Okay. Um, so, if you're trying to predict a national championship, since 2004, if things hold pretty true to form... Right. Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, A&M, or Utah is going to win the national championship this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, and honestly, it'd be two through, probably two through seven because of the, the way the stats have kind of shaken out with um, right. the number one overall ranking. So
1: so sometimes you'd say, hey, there's nothing to, to take from these numbers. it's just a preseason number, but there are some statistics that uh, are pretty strong have to do with the preseason poll. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I know people wanted to get into Miles Brennan stepping away from football. We could touch on that. I mean, we just previewed LSU. Our guests both said that uh, it pretty much seemed like Brennan was probably running third. So not as That's what we heard last week. So I don't think it's a huge deal as far as LSU on the field this year unless something disastrous happens with their top two QBs as far as injuries are concerned. Um, But, you know, got to give a a hat tip to Miles Brennan. He was going into his sixth year of college football. Just could never really kind of break in. I mean, he was supposed to be pretty good. And, you know, injuries just started to pile up. And um, he's going to take it on down the road.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I honestly, until last week, I was very surprised that he was not going to be the starter just because of, like, the experience factor and all that kind of stuff. But, I, I mean, I was way off.
1: Yeah, yeah. so it looks like Jaden Daniels is going to be the guy. Um, so they probably need to beef him up a little bit. He he seems quite skinny to be playing yeah. quarterback in the SEC, so we'll see.
0: Well, from um, what we heard last week, they were saying that it actually might be Nussmeier if he wasn't banged up.
1: Yeah, I, I, there is still, you know, a couple weeks ago, obviously, huge home, uh, opener, and I, I almost said home opener, but that would be a Freudian slip because it pretty much is a home game. Against guess Florida State yeah. and New Orleans. Uh, so should be interesting to see how that QB battle shakes out. A couple QB battles in the SEC West outside of that are start, starting to shape up. Um, News out of Auburn. Like, Harsin's yep. being kind of coy on this, but it sounds like TJ Finley. I was, uh, I listened to Josh Pate show earlier today, and he was talking about how he was hearing Finley may be the guy, which would shock yeah. me.
0: I mean, Finley has the measurables for sure. I, I don't think there's a, a player in the or quarterback in the SEC with a better arm than Calzada. I don't think that makes up for everything. But I mean, if you think about it, like again, Did, he was not great last year.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. Do you think this is so? I think a lot of people just assume Calzada would be the guy just because of the fit in Harson's offense. But do you think this is a good? Like a good thing or a bad thing? Is this good news or bad news if you're an Auburn fan and you're and you're hearing that TJ Finley might be the guy? Because you can look at it one of two I mean, ways without knowing what's going on in camp. Either Finley actually looks really good, which we've right. seen the product on the field; it's been up and down, um, or it's just Calzada's is really not working out. Do you, well, do you I mean the third
0: third guy guys, Robbie Ashford, the the freshman, he's looked good at times, but I don't think he's gonna. I don't think I don't think Harson's gonna put this season in, in the hands of a freshman, nice. unless it was like, you know, a, a generational type kid. Um, I don't think it's like great or, you know, like, or horrific or like, like the way to describe it. Like, I don't think it's like, like, this is great news or this is horrible news. I think it's just news because one Harson is not going to jeopardize that position, especially after how everything handled, like was handled at the end of last season. Um, the other part of it is that, like, it's not like Calzada was some world beater, right? I mean, TJ Finley, we we saw him pretty banged up last year, but I think he's also the guy that kind of came back and won in one day the Georgia State game, which I don't know how much that how much street cred that gives you. Um, but I will say, he just got arrested last week.
1: Is that Calzada did. Or Finn? Oh yeah, Finn. No. Sorry, I was like, Jesus Christ. Both this is all
0: a part of the blueprint <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Auburn to win a title.
1: Right, right. You get a
0: quarterback that's unrested. Now, listen, if he would have been kicked out of another school, yeah, I mean, like that's why I brought this up last week. Everyone thought I was joking, but like a Jai Hall receiver from Texas, quarterback at Auburn. Hear me out there. Probably not. He,
1: well, he was at another school. He just didn't get kicked out. Not yet, or so we think
0: trying to get rid of that boot on his car. Um, no, I mean, I don't think it's anything that's, like, great news, bad news, anything like that. I think it's the first scrimmage. Um, I think we just all kind of expected Calzada to start, but for what? Right, Like, for what reason?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, just like any, you know, why would he have transferred to Auburn if he wasn't pretty much knowing that he was going to be the starter? That's the only thing, really. Well,
0: because he wasn't going to play in, at a and M.
1: I I mean... Uh, by the way, there's some uh, juicy rumors going on there, as far as they're recruiting quarterback. For who? You saw who visited them, right? Unofficially, no. the number one QB in the country committed to USC. Oh, Malachi, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Malachi Nelson. I, I'm just going to watch that closely. Yeah. Um, let's see. but uh, yeah. So so TJ Finley, and then obviously Jackson Dart seems like he's kind of which I think that's more was the assumption that he would have the job at Ole right. But it sounds like after, you know, this first little bit here of camp, he's got the the leg up. Um, Want to go over to Texas? A lot going on in Texas right now.
0: Yeah, I'm down with there. that.
1: So there's a couple things on, on their docket. None of them seem good, in my opinion. Um, so you've got the two major losses that they had uh, with knee injuries. In this last scrimmage, you had Isaiah Nayor, who was the transfer front wide receiver from Wyoming. He was mm-hmm. going to be a big part of what they did. He, had, he was really good at Wyoming. Um, he tore his ACL. Unfortunately, he'll be out for the year. Oh. Um, Angelo, who is uh, junior Angelo, who's a, their most experienced O-line, started all 12 games last year, six at left guard, six six at right guard. Um, right. He t- tears his ACL. Um so your best and most experienced O lineman gone now for the year. A true freshman backed him up. So we'll see what happens there. You got a Jai Hall suspended indefinitely uh, for being arrested. Um, continuing a bit of a trend, a troubling trend for him uh, when it comes to things that don't even involve football at all. Um, they had their second leading rusher from last year. He ba- he got banged up in the in the sc- scrimmage as well. Good Not expected God. to be long term. Right. And then the most surprising thing out of all this, uh, Hudson Card running first team over Quinn Ewers.
0: Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So I guess we haven't locked in those Texas to the uh, to oh God, the playoffs. Good thing we didn't preview Texas. I think yeah. so. If you guys saw this on social media this weekend, um, did you see the meme that somebody made of? like the all gas, no brakes thing, but with the boot on it, on the car. Mm -hmm. So like Texas came out with like a recruiting graphic and it's like a burnt orange Lamborghini in front of the stadium. It's like all gas, no brakes. Somebody did a, some Photoshop to it and put a um, like parking tickets on the dash and then a boot on the front wheel Right, and it was Robert Behrens, the guy who we we're going to interview later for A. Uh, nice. So I'm pretty fired up about that. That's but yeah, funny. man. So, um, that's pretty crazy. Also, Florida had another good weekend in recruiting, which was which was pretty uh big for them. Yes. Um, I heard rumors. I don't know how true it is, but that that Eli Ricks is not playing with the ones yet at Bama. Should be kind of surprising. That's,
1: that's interesting. I wonder. You know, a year off for him at LSU mainly because he just kind of just didn't seem like he really wanted to be right. playing for LSU. You, you wonder where his head's at if he's not running the ones. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So a lot of storylines popping up this week. That that means that we're getting close.
0: Yeah. Thank God.
1: Uh, did you see Clemson's uh, DN Xavier Thomas, former five star number one pass rusher, carted off the field. Uh, He's out at least six weeks for Clemson.
0: I did not see that. Isn't that the same? He's been there since the 2018 national title game.
1: Yeah, he's been there, it seems like, forever. I thought he'd be like three and out. but Yeah. Yeah, I do want to give a shout out to Florida. I mean, look, I'm a Florida State guy, but obviously a couple months ago, people were freaking out about Billy Napier's ability to recruit, which, you know, I played into it a little bit for fun because why not? Um, but come on, the guy had barely been there for a couple months. Um, and now it seems like they're really starting to step up their game on the recruiting trail. Um, yeah, over the, over the week, like last year, they, they were 51 in total defense. They couldn't stop the run all year. They were 85th in stopping the run. What do they do this week? You got the Kelby Collins who chose Florida over Alabama and Georgia, Cameron Mm -hmm. James on the D line. He chooses Florida over Georgia, uh, as well as many other teams, including Alabama. you uh, had another D lineman, top 100 guy as well, Will Norman, uh, commits to Florida over LSU and a Then they get the number two linebacker in the 2024 class to go along with some guys that they'd already kind of started to stack up uh, leading into this week. Florida is right. turning up the pressure a little bit on the recruiting trail.
0: You know what I'm excited for, besides all of that, is the actual season. So we don't have to talk about recruiting anymore. That's going to be the fucking best. Um, I heard some juicy info on on uh, Justice Hayes, by the way.
1: The running back
0: recruit? Or Haynes, the kid that went to Bama over to uh, Georgia. If you're a Georgia fan, maybe maybe you, uh, you lucked out. Maybe that's not a guy you necessarily want long-term. Oh. From what awesome. I was told from some people close to that situation.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Well, we won't. We'll won't delve into that, but that's that'll just be something to watch as well. Uh, so we do. So we're doing Arkansas first, correct?
0: Right. I'm waiting on. We're waiting on Ty Richardson from Ty or from ESPN. Um, Arkansas hit that line, dude. Has been. He actually used to work for us. I've known him for years. Fantastic guy. Um, I mean, the link has been sent. So we're just waiting on him to click it. Um, but he actually, he previewed, uh, Arkansas last year with us as well. So yeah, why don't you know. and I get into it a little bit and, and go through some of like just the ins and outs of like, like, you know, the record, obviously last year they were nine and three or nine and four. Um, they returned a decent amount of, of starters on offense, especially they are one of, I forgot how many teams, but very few in the country that returned their, their, um, Offensive and defensive coordinator for the third consecutive season, which which is great. KJ Jefferson, obviously, is a big name that returns. You lose a couple big names. Um, Well, I mean, you lose one big name especially, right? Uh, Your best receiver, the best receiver you've had in a minute, Traylon Burks. But you go to the portal, you get two former five stars with Hazelwood uh, and also Drew Sanders. I think Drew Sanders is going to be really good and be an instant impact. That outside linebacker, not just because he played at Bama, but because the fact that, it wasn't like he got beat out at Bama because he wasn't any good. He got beat out by Dallas Turner, who might be one of the best players in the country. Um, anyway, so I think there's a lot to look forward to this season for Arkansas. A lot of optimism. Um, some people have them – where were they ranked again? Were they – I've seen some people have them like top 10 in, in their preseason poll. I don't think – I think it's a little bit strong. Uh, but Pittman's done a really good job. He's 16-6 and six against the spread, like we pointed out before.
1: Ty is in the there building is. as well. All right. Let's let's uh, let's get this going. Uh,
3: Great lighting.
1: There he is. Man That's, of the hour.
0: You're adorable.
3: Does that look okay? I know you don't have much. No, you look like with. shit, but it's
0: fine. <laughs> look at that hair.
3: I got out of the shower. Oh. Oh. Man. All righty. And so... We
0: got like fifteen minutes to break down um Arkansas. We appreciate you joining us, man. Uh it's been a minute. You've been you've been traveling all over the place. Been kind of like an outdoor cat, just, just going from place to place and uh all over.
3: A gypsy. What's that? <laughs> a gypsy, Marlar. That's right.
1: Uh all right, Arkansas. Good to see you again, by the way. Glad to have you back on this year for another preview. You were you were fired up on Arkansas last preseason. Um, I remember taking the over just based solely on how fired up you were. Uh, so I appreciate that on the win totals. Um, this year we were just talking about before you came on, both coordinators back. I'm a huge, huge fan of Kendall Bryles. Um, so I heard a crazy stat today that it's the first time as an offensive coordinator and a QB coach, that he's had a returning QB in his in – his, he hasn't had a long career, but in his career. Um, so a lot, of, lot to be excited about on offense. Um, KJ Jefferson, obviously back, turned into a really good QB. I don't think people saw that coming, except for you. Um, I don't think he's the perfect quarterback, but Bryle's system, you know, spreading out the receivers super wide, opening up the middle of that, that uh, defense to be able to run – and get receivers one-on-one is, like, perfect for K.J. Jefferson. So, how has he looked in uh, in camp here?
3: K.J.'s better than he was last year, I think. And I know a lot of people are concerned about the departure of Traylon Burke's guys, but I think that he's going to show people once again that undervalued. He's seeing lists, where he's not even included, the top five of SEC quarterbacks. And honestly, that's probably pissing him off. I, I don't know – how cocky of a young man he is. He comes across as confident. And I think there's a big difference, but yeah, the Bryles thing, Huck, that you just brought up. I remember hearing that in the off season and just kind of like stopping. I'm like, there's no way that's right. So we've got a chance to talk with Seth, Seth Russell and some other quarterbacks that he's had at Baylor. And then Frank's obviously at Arkansas, now KJ mean that, I don't think you could undervalue that because he is one of the better offensive minds in the game. And, so yeah, this season from an Arkansas st- standpoint offensively, this is going to be the best offense that Ken O'Brien has had at his disposal to this point.
1: How, how long do you, how, you think he's going to be there? I'm getting, I'm getting the the feedback from what of you guys. I
3: can hear,
1: I can myself. hear myself. But anyways, but anyways uh, uh, how long how do you, long think you think he'll, he'll be he'll there? there? Because uh, obviously, obviously I think I a lot, think of, a lot, a lot of, of it has to do, do with his last name. Hold on, hold
0: hold What is happening? What's there in go?
1: Yeah. All yeah. right, people All right. in the people chat hear the, hear the echo too. too. Might be you Ty. Try try, we'll try mute real, real fast. All right. It is you. Okay. Um so so Bries. Like yeah, it's it's definitely. Yeah, stay on mute and then okay, cool. So Bryles, I think at least at this point, you know, a G5 school, you'd think would have picked him up as head coach. I think he's got an excellent uh coaching acumen. How long do you think he's going to be there? I know there's like a little bit of a thing with his last name and, and what his dad did at Baylor and all that but uh is this the last year for Bryles or you think he'll be around for a while
3: I think Odom's probably more likely to get that head coaching job next I think the job to watch is what happens in Memphis if Barry Odom ever had a head coaching opportunity I think that might be a destination where he could wind up Bryles kind of like you said and I don't I've heard so many different things. I guess I need to go through the documents and read the other stuff because I don't know how much like he was impl- implicated compared to his dad. Or like I don't I don't have enough knowledge to touch deeply on it from that and for athletic directors and chancellors and board of directors and all that stuff to look into that and make a decision whether he should be the head football coach or whatever because I just don't know enough about it. But right. from a coaching acumen and standpoint, I mean, you're going to see it this year. All I heard – about K.J. Jefferson in the offseason was this guy can't throw. They're not going to be able to do anything. Felipe Franks broke the single-season completion percentage record, and then K.J. almost came back and beat it the following year. So I think that his numbers have spoke for themselves. You're the number one rushing attack in the Power Five in the Southeastern Conference and in the West, not in the East. So he's got a lot in his pedigree right now, and – it just matters the right fit, right? Uh, you know, you, you just happen to luck into this right fit with Chris Marler, right, Huck? And yeah. yeah. Marler could say the same thing about you, but sometimes I would not. You, I would not. You yeah. probably have a better opportunity out there at some point for yourself, and definitely take it. Leave Marlow in the dust. But it just depends on. There's always the grass always greener approach, and some guys just like being assistant coaches. Bud Foster, how long was Bud Foster at V Tech? Like 40 years. I swear that guy was as old as Beamer. Some guys just like being assistant coaches. I don't know what his kind of thought process is long-term, but if they keep winning he's got a good situation, Fable's a cool place, man. Why leave?
1: All right. I I like that. Um, Obviously, the O-line's going to be good anytime Pittman's the coach. Uh, So... Not not too concerned there. I'm sure I have major questions about the wide receiver room. And We talked about we 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 did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about our biggest questions around the SEC. Um, obviously, you have some major losses there. You bring in Jaden Hazelwood, who at one point was the number one receiver as a recruit. Um, you know, I think he had a, maybe an up and down spring. I don't know if he was. I can't remember hearing much about him. Um, how who steps in at wide receiver? How is Hazelwood look? T- tell a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the receiver room.
3: Hazelwood had a shoulder thing up, so that's why he wasn't – maybe he didn't hurt. And spring ball, it's like, wow, you did something in spring ball, and then sometimes a guy does something in spring ball, doesn't do anything postseason or regular season. Then you hear about a guy that didn't do anything in spring ball. He explodes for 700 yards. So I don't know how much to take in the fact. I just know what I've heard from the wide receivers lately is they're kind of sick and tired of hearing about Burks. They, they loved him. The guys that were there last year that are still here – Loved him as a teammate. He was that alpha. When they had a third and six, you knew who was getting the first down. But Traylon's a Tennessee tight now. He's not on this team anymore. And I think that you've heard from several of the guys, it's like, hey, we're not, we're not scrubs. He had a bunch of four. I mean, Jade Hazelwood was the number one recruit from a wide receiver standpoint in the class of either 2018 or 2019. Keithron Jackson was a four four star out of Roy City, Texas. Warren Thompson was a four star wide receiver. They've got some guys that are, I think the most of the the average height of the wide receiver is like six three. That Matt Lanier's kid six five and can absolutely apparently fly. They got the kid number one recruit out of Arkansas, Isaiah Satania. He ran like incredible track numbers. He's going to be on the track team in the fall. So they've got some guys if. It's kind of like a, a good old juicy pot roast that you got in the oven. You, you can't you can't one 100% feel if it's going to turn out right and it's going to be that perfect amount of moisture and, and not too mushy and not too hard. But if that thing caramelizes and, and, and you cook it the right amount, which Ken O'Brien knows how to cook things when it comes to that football team and football in general, then that is going to taste good in the fall and I think Arkansas is going to have a better wide receiver core than people are initially giving them credit for.
0: All right. So, looking through some of the uh, the schedule, man, like I-, I want Arkansas to be good. I want you to be happy most of the time. Um, I want Pittman to be happy all the time. It's been so much fun to watch and like how quickly he's been able to turn that around from the Chad Moores era, how- era and how awful that was. But the whole idea that eight, nine wins is a gimme now, right? It's a guarantee because of what happened in year two and, and how quickly he's been able to turn everything around. I said this to you a while back. They've had, they've had five seasons in the last 10 years where they've had eight or more losses, and they've only had two seasons where they've had eight or more wins. Um, I think that he's turned a corner. Obviously, he's recruiting well. But looking at the schedule, what, what scares you most? What game do you think is a must-win um, and can kind of be a catalyst to maybe, you know, get the ball rolling kind of like last year, that A&M, that A&M that win? A&M win. Um, um, or is there a game there that you be, have circled that could circle be the be wheels could fall?
3: I think the buy and the Auburn game following that buy is the biggest thing. They've got to regroup. They've got to replenish. You've got Auburn, three straight home games, and you close out Missouri. That back half of the schedule, it's not easy, but it's easier than the front half. When you have Ole Miss, LSU, and Missouri all in the month of November in addition to Liberty. Again, by no means am I chalking up four wins. But if you can start out that five-game stretch with a win on the road against Auburn, a place they have not won since 2012, and then you got three straight games at home, and then a game in Missouri, which I think Missouri is going to be horrible this year, that's, to me, the setup for how you finish strong with this football team. There are, a, I mean, there are so many games with the non-conference games, including BYU, you can make a case that the swing game is a non-conference game, but you probably can't do that on any other SEC schedule outside of Arkansas just because of how tough those games actually are. But when you say schedule, and you say that, that's a very, I think that's a fair argument, but every SEC team has a tough schedule. I mean, they are brutal. This year, when you look across the board, Alabama, as much as they're going to be extremely good this year, and you're got, you are got the A on right now, got to go to Oxford, Knoxville, Fayetteville, got to play the a and game, which I think they're going to run over a and see what happens in Austin. I, just, I think that every SEC team has a tough schedule, and Arkansas is just a part of that group. It might be a little bit harder with Cincinnati and BYU, Man, the SEC is just not an easy, especially the West. It's just ain't, – it ain't easy right now, boys.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Um, I, on defense, I'm a little worried for Arkansas. You know, Odom, uh, he runs a three-two-six. 2 six. Um, You look at the D-line, the top three in terms of snap counter gone. Um, they did add some quality transfers. Uh, you, you lose four of your top five tacklers. Um your top two in snap count at linebacker, I believe, are gone. Um, is the defense how bad does it drop off this year? Uh, in your uh, opinion, in your
3: opinion, I think that the addition of Drew Sanders, if they had not added the pieces that they did out of the portal, we're, we've got we're having a completely different conversation on this defense. But I think about adding Jordan Dominique out of. Georgia Tech, Terry Hampton, who Eldorado, Arkansas, Southern Arkansas kid that Arkansas State and now comes to Arkansas. You've got – we've talked about the offensive players, Landon Jackson, uh, Dwight Newty McLaughlin. I mean, they added a bunch of pieces. Latavius Brinney, Brinney however you say his name. You're going to see all those guys play significant minutes, if not start, I think, at some point. That, that's how vital it is because we saw it last year with Trey Williams, Mark Elutze, and John Ridgway. All three of those transfers they got in played significant minutes. In fact, they all started. I, I don't know if there's, they're going to be that major of a drop off. Now, it's difficult to kind of stomach that when you lose Grant Morgan, Hayden Henry. I know you lost Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché to LSU. But I just – you got Catalan back. Catalan was injured, I think it was the A&M game. And then after, I think, the old Miss game, he was done. He's your All-American safety, and he's back. Now, that's not to say he's going to get injured – or not get injured, excuse me, but the fact that he's back and you saw a bumper pool who right now ranks second in all of college football in the returning players for tackles – I just – guys, I don't see it taking that big of a drop-off. Now, it might not be a top three defense in in the SEC, but I don't see them going from kind of middle of the pack to like 12th or 11th. I I think it's going to be more mid-tier than it is kind of back of the group.
1: All right. So um, last year you won nine. This year the win total is seven and a half. Um, Got Phil Steele's number four. Uh, hardest schedule in the country for 2022. Um, the 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 schedule is daunting. Obviously, you got Cincinnati to open. It's at home. Pittman's five and zero versus the non-con. Um, Missouri State got Bobby Petrino coming back in the house. Uh, that's that's a pretty interesting line. Obviously, it's not going to be a game. Um, you've got Bama at home. Um, you go on the road to Auburn, Mississippi State, and Missouri. And BYU, first time ever going uh, playing BYU. Um, what are you doing with the with the over of seven or over under seven and a half?
3: I am going over. I've got them very on the kind of moderate side. I've got them at eight wins. I hope I am dead wrong. I hope I've never been more wrong in my entire life. And they get nine or ten. I could see them having that old Miss type of last year where they get that second place in the West and are still thoroughly behind Alabama because I think Ole Miss with two losses was behind them two games. They lost to Alabama. I can't remember who else almost lost to, but that's where I could see Arkansas going. I, I, I can't see them losing more than five regular season games. I think the lowest threshold for them is five. I mean, that would – in an apocalyptic scenario, KJ gets hurt. They have another decimating injury, but – the depth's always gonna be a concern for Arkansas. You're never gonna have the Alabama, Georgia, LSU depth. But you stack up their ones and twos in this league outside of Georgia and Alabama, maybe A and M, but I just I don't think there's a lot of drop off when you look at what Arkansas has at their ones and twos compared to really other team the SECX outside of maybe Georgia and Alabama guys.
1: I just removed you on accident. My bad. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Yeah. Well I was I was leaning over as well. I think I, I got trust in what Kindle Braz do. Obviously outside of catastrophic injury, which I f- feel like for most teams that's how it is. Um I, I got I got confidence in the uh, seven and a half. Chris, what about you?
0: Under. Um, I Ooh. hate it. I hate it. Um, I was actually gonna go over, but then your audio was such shit tonight. I had to I'm gonna have him go winless. Um, only because I love you and I'm gonna give you a hard time no I, I just the schedules too difficult man it's just too much to do
3: yeah that's listen that's fair and I apologize about the audio I have begged my uh tenant or i guess I'm a tenant what is he the, <laughs> the, owner, landlord. Landlord. the landlord to upgrade our internet I live with two of my friends and he just he just hadn't got around to it so that's uh I'll blame that one on on c bass that's the, that's his fault. <laughs>
1: All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Um, where can the listeners find you on social media?
3: Uh, at Thai Sports Radio. Um, we do a morning show every weekday from 6 to 9 a.m. Central Time. And Marler's coming on Trust in the Process. I'm going to put you through a freaking cheese grater on Thursday. You're <laughs> so screwed, man. probably couldn't hear what I said because my audience
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. You mean like within my own iPod or <laughs> AirPods? AirPods? Is that what you mean by that? Or... <laughs>
1: all right so we appreciate you coming out we'll see you soon good luck this season all righty well that was that was a that was a, i love that
0: dude he's the best he's, he's so <laughs> he's we had him on last year man He was so fired up for that texas game i i wonder um i don't mean like i i hope that i'm wrong but you never know
1: you never know yeah that audio was a little tough that's
0: pretty that was bad
1: tough. yeah that was tough on everybody um yeah, I I like you know the more I read about Bryles and just you know the the actually having returning production at quarterback, mm-hmm. um, oh. Cincinnati loses so much. You know you put so much into that team last year. They make the playoff. I just don't know. Like yeah, it's, it could be a tough game, but I think at home Pittman five and zero versus non conference yeah two BYU. But even still, I think you've progressed as a program where right with that although the last three times the the razorbacks have gone out west they've lost so
0: that's is, oh, I know that.
1: um okay so um anything else on arkansas do we have our next guest about to to come in here
0: so i sent him um the invite but he has not joined yet
1: okay um yeah. Yeah, man, I'm 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 excited to see KJ Jefferson play. I, I don't really view him as a uh, like he could be a really good college QB. I don't really view him as a like a big time NFL prospect. Do you?
0: No, not at all. There's been some people that have compared him to to Cam Newton, which I think is a little bit egregious Ooh. and stupid. Yeah. Um, stupid mainly. I think he's good. I just like that's a really that's a lot of. I mean, like he balled out against Ole Miss, which maybe that happens again because it's Ole Miss and that defense. I don't know if he puts up the same numbers he did against, against Bama. I mean, there's, there's games. I brought this up before. He, like he was awful against Georgia, but everybody was awful against Georgia, but you look at the A and M game, right? He was eight of 15 for like a 220 yards, 185 of that was to Traylon Burks on, on two long plays. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I, just, I, I hope I'm wrong. I just think I'm that, that schedule is just going to be so damn difficult. I will say, up next we have A and and I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, they're they're a team that's trending up. Obviously, um, now mm-hmm. wouldn't say that record-wise, they were still eight and four last Very year. Good point. Yeah, um, but they are trending up in terms of recruiting, and they did beat Bama last year, so that's that's a feather in the cap there. You wouldn't, you know, I wasn't sure if that would happen. Um, yeah, they're starting to stack pretty talented classes on top of each other. I think. For them, if you look at their um, and and Robert's here in the in the uh, green room waiting for us. Um, They're like all their best talent is underclassmen, whether it's true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, sophomore. So I don't know if this is the year, but let's bring in our guest. Uh, Yeah, we got Robert Barron's, the the creator of the magical meme.
2: Even guys, how you doing? Good man. man.
0: Um, welcome back. First off, you were on here last year and it's one of my favorite interviews we did because not only because of your prediction of 12 and 0, <laughs> mainly, I know, I mean, it's fine. You, you, first off, we bought into it immediately too. Yeah. Was like all, yeah. we all agree. fired up. Um, I was, I was so convinced, but no, I, I didn't realize until it might've been halfway through. It might've been three days after how good of a person you are. And so all of the language just flying out of our mouths, mainly mine I <laughs> was like, Oh, uh, but, no, you've become one of my favorite follows on social media, and, and that's saying a lot because the offseason Bama and A&M have had. Um, right. Big, big offseason for A&M. Just, just right off the bat, give us, like, I would say unbiased, but give us your opinion on, like, the, the state of the program where it's at right now.
2: I, mean, I think it's certainly, you know, as much as everyone likes to throw out the stat of um, then, you know, I think at this point in their tenure – that Jimbo has the same record as Kevin Someone did through that X number. Mm. But if you look at just where the program is and the trajectory of the program, like the two could not be more different. Um, right. You had someone, you know, started off with like Johnny Menzel winning the Heisman, and like, you know, and just like lightning in a bottle. And then kind of it just got worse and worse every single year. Whereas with Jimbo, you know, you guys were just talking about, you know, it's like, like that talent that's coming in in those recruiting classes. And like, you act, you feel like you're building towards something instead of just having something great and then it tapering down. And so, but I mean, just like everybody this time of year, I think people are just ready for the season to get started because we've all yeah. talked as much as we can talk. We've all said as much as we can say. Um, and, it's, and it's time to go prove it on the field um, because I think – as an AM fan, I think we're all very optimistic about what the season could do. Um, I think and, and optimistic about, you know, the, the years to come as well. Um, but for AM fans, certainly you hope that this is the year where it's like maybe you are gonna see a double digit win season. Maybe you are gonna see if they don't win the West, at least maybe you get to November and it's still right realistic, you know, change, you're still in the hunt. Um, and so I think that's what AM is looking for is just not another eight and four season and kind of taking that next step to where maybe, maybe they're not winning titles, but you see that progress happening to where you can buy into that's where the program is headed.
1: We'll start on offense. Um, Jimbo, I think over the past few years, it's been kind of uh cliche for people to complain about how his offense is slow paced. They don't, they don't, you know, try for the explosive plays. They're, they're more kind of stuck in the past. Um, And that's been criticized and and Jimbo goes out and he lands two five-star freshman receivers, uh, Evan Stewart and Chris Marshall. Um, I know as a Florida State fan, how hard it was for true freshman receivers to get on the field uh, in Jimbo's offense, because it's a very tough route tree to learn, but it sounds like at least Evan Stewart, if not both those kids may see pretty extended playing time this year. So who are going to be the playmakers on offense this year?
2: Yeah. I mean, you touched on Evan Stewart and, um, he is one of those guys that, you know, There's, there are five-star guys that, like you said, come in and um, just don't see the field You're one. And DeMond Demas was a guy that, you know, through two yeah. years, saw the field. Um, and a lot of other issues with him we're not going to get into. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, Evan Stewart, just as far as the way they talk about him, reminds me a lot of Christian Kirk uh, when he came to AM back in 2014, where it was a guy that – as soon as he stepped on the field, he was the best receiver on the field. Um, And the guy, and not just athleticism, but just is a true receiver that knows, you know, knows how to run a route and knows, you know, and has good hands and kind of is that whole, that whole package. So, um, I mean, I hate to boast, you know, and I prop the guy up too much when don't, don't a true freshman that hasn't even played a game yet. But I mean, but all the reports have been glowing and, and, you know, people have nothing but great things to say about him. So, you do hope that that's a guy who can come in right away and kind of be that that game-changing talent at receiver that Anum really hasn't had under Jimbo. Um And you, you talked about Chris Marshall as the other five-star who I think he's a little bit more of a longer-term development guy. Um, super talented, but he, he I think he's only been playing football for like three years, so very much still a lot of learning to do um, as far as learning the position goes. Um, but we've even heard a lot about Noah Thomas, who was a four star receiver in AM's class. Um yeah, I think like barely ranked in the top three hundred in the country, but he's a guy who's like six foot five and they say he you know, still moves really well and, and he's been running with like the ones and twos in practice. So
1: you know what's uh, interesting is that um one of the only true freshmen I remember playing under Jimbo at Florida State was Rashad Green, who I believe is on Jimbo's staff now. Is he not? Or is, or was that is I don't he know. still he was like, you know, he's he obviously wasn't on field, but he's like a GA type. I don't know if he still is or not. Maybe people in the comments know. Um, I know Sean McGuire, former Florida State quarterback, was on as like a GA as well. But I wonder if maybe Rashad Green is is in that receiver room helping those guys, at, you know, learn the playbook. Because, yeah, historically it's just been very tough for two freshmen to get on the field, but it sounds like Evan Stewart's going to make a, a big difference. Um, yeah.
2: Max Johnson, I'm assuming he's the guy this year. Is uh, we don't know, man. Um, yeah. I definitely headed into the fall. I think that was uh, that was the assumption was that he had the edge because certainly in the spring game, if you're going off that, he seemed to have the much better performance. Um, but through fall camp, I mean, we're hearing a lot of the things we heard about Haynes King that we did last year that he's kind of <laughs> taking that edge. Um, now it's like who knows you know, who knows how much of that is true? Who knows when Jim o plans on making that uh, that announcement? I think. Last year, he made that announcement about 10 days out from the game. So, you know, we're, we're certain, certainly coming into that window. Um, but I think just at the quarterback position overall, you just feel so much better as an AM fan because last year, I was on here talking about how it was between Haynes King and Zach Calzada. We all thought it was probably going to be Haynes King. Um, and, of course, when Haynes King went down less than five quarters into the season, we all we saw what Zach Calzada could do, which – outside of the Miracle performance against Alabama. Um, you know, the kid was tough as nails. He gave everything he had, but, you know, just he limited what you could do offensively. Uh, yeah. I think there's no way around that. And so for AM, just having, I think, three good options between Max Johnson, uh, the LSU transfer, Haynes King, and then true freshman Connor Wigman, who's, you know, a five-star recruit himself. Um, just by sheer probabilities, I think you hope that whoever is the winner out of that group uh, is going to be a guy who's going to play pretty well because, and and the way this roster is built, like you don't need a Heisman level quarterback to win a lot of games. As long as you're getting just above average quarterback play, I think AM could be in almost every game they played this year.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, It's scary, but it's a good point. I want to shift away from anything involving Zach Calzada ever, ever. (laughs) Um, So my question is this, the the defense was really really good. Consistently been really good over the past couple of years. Um, I, I feel like a And is one of those schools that we we love to give a hard time because of you know eight and four stuff. But like before 2020, remember like the whole the whole narrative was well you know they're always in the top ten, they never produce or they never like you know are able to to like reach the mountaintop or whatever. And then you look at their their season like especially in 2019 when they played five. Top ten teams, I think four in the top five. Like that's outrageous. Um, one big reason for their success, especially in 2020 and last year, was was Elko. And the DC is gone. He's been there. For, he was there for four years. Now he's a head coach at Duke. You have DJ Durkin, who is just beloved by all fans outside of College Station, which I'm not going to get into. Um, but how is the defense going to look this year? Because you do have a lot of experience in the in the back end. Like secondary should be really good. But a lot of the, like the, the front four, especially maybe like they should be super talented, just very young. What do you expect from the defense?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, you hit on all kind of the, the question marks would be the fact that, like you said, replacing Mike Elko who had been here for all four of Jimbo's years in college station. Um, so while from everything we've heard, I think the scheme is probably going to be relatively unchanged. Like they're still going to run a four, two, five, um, one of the best things that Elko had was like halftime adjustments. And that was something in M fan, you know, you would see things that uh, weren't working in the first half, but you always had that confidence at halftime. They were going to come in, they were going to figure something out and they were going to lock it down. And, and more often right. than not, they did. Um, so, I mean, coordinator, yeah, it's like, I have, I have no idea. I'm, I'm When it comes to X's and O's, I'm an idiot. So I have no <laughs> idea what to expect. It, yeah, you, just kind of, you kind of hope that just that they made the right hire and that that's good. That thing can just keep on rolling Um because, I mean, the secondary should be, I think, one of the top units in the country. You know, they lose Leon O'Neal, but other than that, they bring bring everybody back mm-hmm. plus bring in um, you know just once again a couple five stars, some other high four star DBs, just to just provide depth. And that's you know I think one thing across the board that that 2022 class provides is it's not just those you know handful of guys that are going to jump into the starting lineup it's getting that depth to where when x player goes down you don't have like a you know a scrub three star having to be thrown into the lineup right um going to the defensive line i think i mean it's a hard question to answer because you are right they lost their like all four of their starters from last year um, right so from that perspective, you could say, "Oh, that unit's going to take a step back." But at the same time, that's the position where they have recruited the best—not just in 2022, but in, in the years prior to that. So, right, they're looking at based on like what the depth chart looks like at the moment, as far as practice reports. None of those freshmen are in the starting four. Not, you know, they're all, all still probably going to be in the rotation, but but that starting four is all sophomores, juniors. As, you know, and, and all guys that while they weren't starters, you know, have seen plenty of game experience. So, well, I hate and, that. I mean, <laughs> that's that, 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 that's McKinley Jackson, uh, Shamar Turner, mm-hmm. uh, Tunisi Adelaide, I think Fadil Diggs, uh, and, and, and Isaiah Rakes. I mean, it's all like pretty much almost all top one hundred guys. Which that's that's the beauty of like we should I would, not have had him on. I knew I this has overhurted that position, like, which. You know, you you can try to like question that as from a roster construction standpoint, but man, if there's a right. over recruit, it's defensive line because you can just when you can just send in like wave after wave of blue chip talent. Yeah, that I mean that's that's how you win games. Look at Georgia last year. Yeah, it's a good point.
1: Second half covers might be a thing in the future for Texas A and M as yeah. they wear down
2: we're we're, going to be the pioneers of the eight one two defense
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, i mean there's some freaks on there walter nolan just an absolute monster yeah um linebacker there's i I read there's experience but not a ton of depth as far as linebacker
2: yeah Yeah, if there is one spot where i think we're susceptible to injury on defense it's definitely linebacker you're looking at Edgar uh, and Cooper and Andre White as the two starters, and then mm-hmm. beyond those guys, I mean, kind of like you said, you have like some some upperclassmen behind them that could step in and and play if need be. Yeah. Um, but it's not just like just the top end talent that you see a lot of the other positions, um, and, th- and that's a big part of you know why I think that's a priority position for AM in tw- twenty twenty three recruiting. I think they've already got three linebackers, who are probably uh, looking to add maybe another one, but. That definitely is the position where it's like that you look at the most. Where it's like, if one guy goes down, it starts getting iffy.
0: Do you think they'll probably spend more money on those players at linebacker this year? than? uh, uh,
2: I'm playing with you, Robert. I'm playing. (laughs) Yes, uh, hey, my wife maintains the budget. You'll have to ask her.
1: (laughs) Uh, That money is being saved for one Malachi Nelson, I believe. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the juicy rumor at the moment. Yep. Um, So I have a follow-up question here
0: on the, just a position of not necessarily need, but kind of surprised like how thin it kind of becomes. You, you had Wiedermeyer last year at a tight end, who was one of the best tight ends in the SEC um, has a terrible, I don't know who gave him like uh, advice or who's in his ear to tell him to go pro probably not the best decision has a, a pretty bad combine, but then losing Baylor was it Baylor cup. Yeah, so like and that was a guy that I was high on coming out of high school because we saw what what, what yeah. Jimbo's done with Jay Sternberger. Um dating ourselves, we saw what he did with with uh what was it Nicholas or O'Leary? What was his name? Yeah, Nicholas. O'Leary. Yeah. Every right. time you bring him up, it's Technos, his grandkid. Um <laughs> what is the tight end position gonna be like a position of weakness, like where it's noticeable in the offense, or is it gonna be one of the situations where you mentioned Stewart, some of the freshman receivers, you, you mentioned I mean, or well, you didn't mention, but we don't need to, A-Chain and nice Smith being just dominant force on offense is that going to be a problem or do you think it'll just be something
2: that kind of develops um I think I think it'll change over the course of the year um, because once again in 2022 am brought in you know three of the top tight ends in the country you had Jake Johnson brother of Mac Johnson who was the top um you also had Donovan Green, uh, who was a top one hundred guy himself. Well, maybe just outside the top one hundred. And then um, believe it or not, Anum signed a, a four star tight end from Sweden. Who sorry, what? Yeah. It, I, he was a guy like he went he went and did like the camp circuit last summer, uh you know, summer of twenty twenty one, and just like out of nowhere was just like got like offered by like ten different programs. Um, right. but so so they have like tons of talent there, but it's all True freshman. So outside of those guys, you're looking at Max Wright, who's like, he, he's a fourth or fifth year player who came in as a defensive end and then got converted to tight end. You've got a few other guys who have been there for a couple of years, but kind of no one that you're super excited about. Right. Um, so it sounds like Max Wright at the moment is the starter. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of AM fans are very whole hum about uh, just because he's like, he's not a flashy player. He's not gonna he's not gonna wow you with, with measurables. Um yeah. but, uh, and he's not from Sweden,
0: so I mean yeah. pretty uncultural, who uh, cares?
2: But but so that really could be one where right now, you know, you have these freshmen that have only been in the system a couple months, um that you know, they're not there yet, but maybe by mid October, you know, November that changes and, and kind of when their knowledge of how what they're supposed to do actually matches up with their talent, they might, right. might but but that does kind of hit on another interesting point is just that, um, you know, in Jimbo's offense at a like, I think it's almost every year a tight end has been the leading receiver. And that's been either Sternberger yeah. or, or Jalen Weidermeyer. And I'll be interested to see how that changes. A, because I think you don't have just that obvious talent there uh, that, you know, is going to demand the ball. Um, but also, you know, you bring in hopefully more talented wide receiver core, and I don't know if you guys knew this. A&M actually shuffled their um, offensive assistance around beginning. With I fall saw game. that. Yeah. So so, oh, yeah. James, yeah. so, so James Coley, who, you know, who actually coached wide receivers at Georgia was coaching tight ends at AM. He's now with the receivers. Uh, and, and then, and Damian Craig is now with quarterbacks. Um, and then the OC, Daryl Dickey, who used to be with quarterbacks is now coaching tight ends. So they kind of did a little musical chairs there. Um, and, you know me, like just from the pure optimist standpoint. I want to say, well, you know, the tight ends were so successful under James Coley. Now that he's working with receivers, maybe he'll be able to do work his magic over on those guys. Yeah, uh, but I do think that, and and Jimbo and and Dicky have both been vocal that like they want to be be more vertical this year, and they've even you know gone as far to say is that like they have the guys that will allow them to be more vertical this year.
0: Yeah. So
2: it'll well, be it's, actually, it's yeah, how much can actually translate on
0: onto the field. What's surprising too is like I mean like you you brought it up and it's it's plain as day to see now like if you had Weidermeyer and you had Sternberger and those are your best like receiving tight ends whoever has the most difficult last name to spell
2: and it's probably the kid from Sweden is going to be your starter just by yeah 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 it's yeah. also, it's yeah there there's Wright uh, Johnson Green and then. Orstrom, which has an H thrown in there somewhere. Boom. Um, yep. So yeah. um, we figured it out together. So Ty, what do you have?
1: I like it. Uh the the win total's eight and a half. Looking at the schedule, let's just say, you know, yeah. they're they're right at that. They're they're either at eight or nine. What's one of the swing games you think is gonna be kind of a toss up that worries you about uh preventing uh them from going over the eight and a half?
2: Um I, I think it starts week three against Miami. That's but you know, like that's like everyone is in love with Miami right now isn't there That was a game that a year ago we were looking at like okay, like it's it's a name program and probably a pretty easy win. Um, but you know, they bring in Cristobal, they bring in a great staff, they're doing well in recruiting, and we'll see, you know, and, I think that and like once again, that's the thing I hate about this time of year is that we're sitting here talking about like that that could be a huge measuring stick game and we're probably going to get to week 3 and if A&M wins like especially if they win convincingly I'm just going to be like through the roof excited and then of course you know that just means that Miami's going to go 7 and 5 and <laughs> by the end of the year that that game's not going to mean anything
1: yeah uh, I'm with you there I, it's tough because Miami you know they weren't like really good last year and it's the same roster I think yeah they're kind of like a m in the fact that I think if you look forward, Miami has a lot to be excited about, just like A&M does. But I think this year, Miami brings back the same team they did last year, uh, minus a couple of really good receivers that went in the NFL. I just don't know if that early in the season. They have a really good QB, obviously, but Jimbo's obviously 7-1 against Miami. And uh, I loved every second of that when he was like oh, i, first I I'm,
2: I'm going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, all right, so. sorry, outside, sorry, outside of Miami game, I mean, I feel like, you know, and I will go in – Say, Chris, I'm chalking up Bama as a loss this year. Um, just, I, I feel like there, there's just too much working against us there. But outside of that, like, I feel like the SEC West. I don't remember the last time that I just sit here and like looked at like the rest of the teams in the West and was like, right. I don't know what anyone's going to be. Like, like, you know, LSU, LSU could be good. They could suck. Auburn is probably going to suck, but they could be good. Um, like, right. You know, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Like, you know, they, they could go either way. Like Arkansas, we think is going to be good, but they lost a lot from last year. So, it's you know, I, I've never been, like, less confident in, like, what that hierarchy of those teams is going to be. Yeah. Good point. Well, so, I mean, you kind of gave your answer to it, but I, I, and I, I just my how the
0: tables have turned, I've said all offseason, I don't think that the Bama A M and game is is just, like, a, a gimme for Bama, um, despite Jimbo acting like, in my opinion, what would be an A-hole. I will tell to myself <laughs> uh, this offseason. I understand all the, the other stuff that led up to it. Um but what I'll say is this, like, you look at and, – and admittedly, this might just be because I'm still, like, ha- like seeing PTSD from last year when Zach Calzada beat Bama. Um, but that being said, you look at what, like, what the weakness of last year's Bama team was, which was ACLs, li- like, literally, and then also the offensive line. Like, ACLs for two games. The offensive line the entire season. The offensive line was horrible. Um, it was one of the main factors, I feel like, if you look at, like, where A&M – Separated themselves against Bama that day. Not just you know with special teams and quarterback play, they were really good on the offensive line. There weren't a lot of pressures. I don't think they gave up any sacks. Um, Will Anderson was contained. All of the talent that AM is coming in is at a position that is not only one of the most important positions, like in SEC football year in year out, and like, you know games being one of the trenches, but also it is the biggest. Like I think it's the most significant position where they could have an upper hand because of how bad Bama's offensive line is. If, if you, if that game gets to late in the fourth and they are tied and somebody comes up to you and says, Robert, listen, you guys can win this game, but you go eight and four again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you might even be undefeated at that point. You taking that or are you, are you going like the rest of the season with like a,
2: a close Bama loss? Maybe, I don't know. Um, and then seeing how the rest of the season plays out. I I will gladly take the Bama loss and, and take our chances the rest of the way. Um I'm because yeah, I, I think yeah, okay, good. And, and I like I'm I'm so sick of the eight and four jokes, I can't even tell you. <laughs> 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 um and and for AM I think it's just one of those things because like you like you mentioned twenty twenty that like as great as that season was, because it was a COVID season, I think a lot of people from the outside just kind of dismiss it as if like, well, it's like that doesn't really count. Um and so not me and you, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the other Bama fans are like our our lone lone compadres there, but uh, but it's like, but if you can if you can do something this year, if you can go ten and two, um, then all of a sudden you can say, look, it's like in the last three years, like you know that that eight and four season the outlier, it's not the norm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and right. so that's that's I think that's part of AM fans are just you know, desperate to try to get over that hump, try to try to show that yeah. we're headed in the right direction. And if he goes seven and five, is he in trouble losing to Bama? Because I mean, there's no shame in losing to Bama, especially in Tuscaloosa, and when they're going to have, you know, it's going to be a revenge game just based on last right. year, all the, you know, Jimbo and Saban crap. You know, it's like everyone's going to have that game circled. So I think a And M, you know, they might have snuck up on Bama a little bit last year just because a And M looked like a lame duck going into the game. Um, yeah. So, but that's not going to happen this year for sure. Right.
1: <laughs> no, Chris, he's not going to be in trouble if they go seven and five with those recruiting classes. Well,
0: but, but like so, serious question, like w- if it, what is it going to Like, what would it take for him to be like, not on thin ice or in the hot seat? Cause I, and I understand all the stuff like in the, the positive momentum, but like if they go six and six, or they go seven and five. And there's like, w- and there's not a notable win on the schedule. what What is the, the attitude
2: of the fan base going into <laughs> next year? You think? Um, <clears throat> I, I mean pissed you know like for no. sure and you know I feel like you know we're at like we're at year five and especially with the rosters put together there's like there's really there's no excuses for for not you know being nine and three ten and two even better than that um now, now granted I was like there's always context because because I'll, I'll, right. I'll be the first to tell you like you can sit there and look at eight and eight and four from last year and I'll tell you well it's like you know I, I was telling people before the season started, I said it on here that like quarterback and offensive line were AM's 2 question marks going into last year. That just also happened to be where they had the most injuries happen. Um, right. And so, you know, it's like, so uh, context matters. So yeah. not, not every win is created equal. Not every loss is created equal and kind of, you know, who actually played the game and everything, all of that plays into it. But ultimately, um, you know, all people will remember is what your record was. So, yeah, True. Now as far as like actually him being actually on the hot seat, like his that buyout is so massive. Like <laughs> after sure after this season, he still has nine guaranteed years. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like even if he goes like idea. even if he goes four and eight, like you I, I think you just and, and that was I think part of just Anum's gamble when when they lured him away, I is I think they just said they're like, look, we're pushing the game, all of our chips in the right. middle of the Jimbo. and if it doesn't work out, like it's go, it literally is going to cost us like a decade before we get back from it. Uh, but
1: that's the uh, gamble they took. What is to, the
2: buyout? Uh, I think it's like
1: the rest of his contract. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh yeah, it's guaranteed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we fully guaranteed it when we hired him, and then yeah. and then last summer because of all the LSU, you know, yeah. trying to him like he got essentially three years added on to it. Every
1: year, Jimbo just flirts Every with LSU year. and gets raises. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright, so it sounds like, well, let's get an official prediction here. The win total, eight and a half. Um, you going over or under this year for a and M? i A&M?
2: I'm, go- I'm going for sure over. Um, I was, and if I'm going to predict a win and loss, I'm going to say 10 and two. Um, and and I've already touched on it a little bit here, but I think one of those losses come to Bama and then the other one I kind of have no idea where it's coming from, but it's just like over the course of that schedule, I think there's you know there's like at least half a dozen games where you're saying like okay that that team is at least good enough to trip us up even if they're not like right. they're not favored, but just you know the odds say at some point you're going to drop one of those whether it's Florida, Ole Miss, LSU, you know like na- name your team on that schedule. Um, I, I would say the one team that is getting a lot of like play this year is maybe a potential like hot team that I just don't get is South Carolina. Yeah. And, and it's like, and, and like, and I get, it, I love Shane Beamer. Like, you know, he's mm-hmm. aw- awesome to listen to, but I, I mean, I feel like that team kind of overachieved last year. And that's with like, you know, they like three of their losses were by 25 points or more. What, <laughs> right. One of those Which comes- is close, but that's like, you know, like they were close. Yeah. Like the AM game last year through three quarters, they had negative rushing yards. Oh boy! So hold on, like we talked about this with
0: somebody because I always we always forget that that is a rivalry game. That's a trophy trophy game, right? But there may not be a rivalry game, or like especially over the past two seasons, a game that has been that one sided. Maybe in the last decade, I don't know. But as A and M and South Carolina, because like the year before it was forty-one to three, and that's yeah. what caused the whole thing with all the boosters. But there was this openly. You know, like there was a screaming match at the games. Like, if you don't fire Muschamp, like, like y'all did all that.
2: So, hat on the back. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I'm gonna miss uh, mispronounce the stat, but uh, when we played South Carolina in baseball this year, yeah, I think a like you just blew the doors off of them, um, right? In one of the games, we're literally, I think a scored like like 20 runs, um, and, I, and I, tweeted out the stat. I said a baseball scored more today. Than South Carolina football did in the past two years against a And
0: <laughs> Jesus. Oh boy. Wow. Well, I'm not going to talk about a And baseball ever again after what I did in the SEC championship uh, or SEC tournament when I made a joke about y'all not being able to buy a run when you were down six <laughs> one to Bama and then came back and won like thirteen to six. But um, yeah, I'm with you on the over man. I, th- I think they go over as well. Um, and-, and we appreciate you coming on, man. Tell them where they can find you.
2: Yeah, uh, so I'm the managing editor over at GoodBullHunting.com, which is Texas A&M's SB Nations. or sorry, SB Nations Texas A&M site. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at uh, RCB05.
0: Fantastic follow on Twitter, by the way. That we were talking <laughs> about before you came on here. The the all gas no brakes meme.
2: Incredible. Nope. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> that was one of those where it was like it was it was friday evening and my wife is like asked me to come help make dinner and i had to act like i was doing something really important (laughs) right so i I could finish my my stupid photoshop to own the horns
0: (laughs) that's good it was it was worth it too so
2: love it all right man
1: thanks robert we appreciate your time
2: thanks guys anytime
1: all right bye-bye all righty um 10 and 2 we'll see Jimbo is always good I mean, for the one run loss. Eight
0: and a half.
1: It is it's eight and a half. Ten and two yeah. would be a, a nice, a nice little season for Jimbo, uh, for that yeah. younger talent really starts to kick in. I'll be interested. I, I, I'll be interested to see what Evan Stewart does this year. Um, yeah. Well, before we head out, it's been a long pod. Uh, don't forget five stars on on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, wanted to read a review we got uh, last week. Um, this says TV shows to podcast five stars. Obviously. Uh, I used to wait all week for certain shows to come out on TV since being a full-time college student the last few years at South Alabama podcasts are all I look forward to now. Love the show from the very beginning. Y'all two are funny and make the Friday drive back home and the Monday morning drive to campus worth it after classes start next week. So I'll be tuning into more of the live shows on YouTube. Uh, hopefully you're in the chat tonight. Uh, you two are awesome. If I have said that enough, can't wait for the season. War damn Eagle.
0: Ooh, look at us. Making a friends. Auburn fan.
1: So, uh, yeah, so that's B- Ben C3428 via Apple Podcast. So Ben, if you're in the chat, appreciate it, brother. Um,
0: for real, man, we do appreciate that.
1: And uh, this has been a good, good episode. I think we previewed some yeah. pretty good teams here. And um, anything else before we let everybody go?
0: No, man, it's just so crazy that next week is game week. Um, and the live event. And the live event. So make sure we we'll be pumping that out as well. But um, you know, I think we got a couple more teams to go. We got Bama, we got Florida, Tennessee. I'm sure I'm missing some that we're probably not gonna end up doing or like we're not gonna do Missouri Ole miss, Miami, We'll we sure. We'll
1: do all miss as well.
0: Yeah. Um, but let us know if there's anything you want us to uh also preview going into the year. We'll give our picks and all that kind of stuff next week. And then it'll be game week, like we said, man. Um I haven't even looked at the week zero lines, but there's a uh, I'm sure we'll be we'll be paying close attention. So
1: not a ton of great games, but I'll be watching all of them. I'm sure.
0: For sure, for sure. All
1: right, Chris. Uh, well, for Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening to another episode of the College Football Insider Podcast. We will see you later this week for some more previews.
0: Thanks, y'all. Peace.